0: Hawkeye self-storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com everybody this is phil vaster and you're listening to alan on wyrz this is sights and sounds with alan kiger alan is a hendricks county native that talks with your favorite entertainers this is where alan hangs out with music royalty sights and sounds is sponsored by hawkeye storage in danville and now your host alan kiger
1: This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Tiger, and my guest today is Al Petrelli of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Al, how are you doing today?
2: Very well, thank you, sir. How are you back yourself? I hope you and your family are well and safe. Everything's good
1: by you. I'm, I'm doing great. Family's good. How's your family? They're good. They're
2: good. You know, my my two daughters are little. They just had their report cards the other day, so they all did good in school. My wife's happy, therefore everything's good at all.
1: Well, good. When you say little, what's little? Still getting report cards. Well, the girls are six
2: and eleven. Okay, all right. Well, they're still at a. a... My three sons are much older and all married off and all that. So this is my second rodeo, if you will. Okay, that's that's
1: cool. I understand that. I've, I've had a few of those myself. About about to embark on my third rodeo. So. Uh... Yeah, well, that's a conversation for different time. <laughs> yes. Okay, it is. okay. Uh, I'd like to talk with you, Al, about who inspired you and. What made you want to become a musician? Uh, the Beatles 1964
2: Ed Sullivan Show. I was two years old. Um, my mom was, uh, somebody took a picture. I was in my TV pajamas watching TV. And my granddaddy had a guitar near the fireplace. And I was watching, you know, John Paul, George Ringo, Change the World. And I started strumming the guitar, and I just, that was it. It was love at first year, if you will, you know. And that was the end of it. From that point on, 58 years later, I've never wanted to do anything else in my life.
1: That is very cool. Uh, I think the Beatles inspired about half the people that I interviewed, so. Uh, well, anybody my age, you, you were either side of my age, is certainly up, Anybody who sold the Beatles, that was it, you know.
2: I remember having this conversation with Dennis Miller, um, you know, the actor, comedian, who's got a a radio show. And I said the same thing to him, and he said he just interviewed Joe Walsh and said the same exact
1: thing. Okay, well, since you went to the Beatles, I'll just ask a random question here that I didn't have pulled in there. Um, Who would have been your favorite Beatle? Uh, Paul McCartney. Okay, I I was going to guess George Harrison, being your the guitar player, but so that I like, I like hearing that I got stumped.
2: You know. uh, I've been more a fan of music and songs than I was really guitar players, if that makes any sense. Again, going back to the era that I grew up, a lot of show tunes, a lot of big production, Uh, you know, whatever was coming through my dad's AM radio in the Pontiac at the time was what got my attention. I didn't really uh, understand or in deep shit. I mean, I started playing the guitar, and strumming these on, like taking it around with the piano. But when I heard uh, the Allman Brothers live at the Fillmore, that's when I said, "Wait <laughs> I got to
1: do that." <laughs> Love the Allman Brothers. All right, so let's talk a little bit before you got into Trans Siberian Orchestra. You've got, you know, quite a resume of people that you played with. You had your own mm-hmm. band. You played with Megadeth. You, you played on a couple tours with Alice Cooper, I think maybe a couple records. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm reading through my notes, I'm flipping my pages. Uh, you did session work also, and somebody that I, I found interesting that, that you did session work and um, was Kathy Tricoli, Kathy uh, a, a Christian artist, so uh, that's, that's quite a variety. What was it like working with Alice, and how did you make the transition to winding up being in Trans-Siberian Orchestra?
2: Working for Cooper was the greatest education I ever had because it was the first time. First of all, I was obviously I grew up a big Alice Cooper fan, uh, and then to become his musical director and be responsible for the presentation of his songs at that massive comeback he has in the trash shop in '89. I got an up close personal insight to how he do it. He, he does like the regular rock portion of the show, and then the theatrical presentation. Now, Obviously, unbeknownst you to me, that was getting me ready to work for Paul O'Neill, you know, what was, to become the Trans Siberian Orchestra. But it really, you know, put my eyes and ears on the depth and the detail that Alice paid attention to. Like when we would do the ballad of the Light Friday, he'd get dressed up in the straitjacket. He was no longer Alice Super. He was, you know, the lunatic of the asylum. And there was no doubt in my mind that in his mind he was that too. And he brought he he didn't sing about the character, he became the character. You follow me? Yes, And then yes. working with all these other varied artists, I worked for a production company in New York City that was just doing record after record. It was like, you know, I think we were either at the hit factory, or the record plan, or whatever. And one day I would to be recording for Celine Dion and Taylor Dane. The next minute I'd be doing something for the band Asia. The next minute was Dee Snyder. Uh, and then Kathy Tricoli would walk in. So for me, going back to what we just talked about earlier, being a fan of just music, it was simple for me, or relatively simple thing, to just adapt to Artist at hand, because I always wanted to be a parts player instead, almost like writing songs within songs to accommodate what this song is all about. So again, all this being an education leading up to the downbeat with Paul O'Neill, uh, he wanted to create a soundtrack for his story that he had written, and I had known him for about ten years prior to us first recording together. And he just said, you know, I don't know what I hear in this, but what would you hear? And i play some haunting thing, i play stuff, whatever it was Oh, my God, that's it. So I've always approached playing guitar like, like being Hans Zimmer or John
1: Williams, almost like a composer on my particular instrument. Okay. Well, let's talk about Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I, I don't have enough time, and you don't either, to go through all of the accomplishments that they've done, that you've been a part of. But Trans-Siberian Orchestra has sold over 12 million CDs, uh, their first CD uh, was certified over triple platinum. You've, in the last five years, Trans Siberian Orchestra has had 750 million streams, which is crazy in itself. Uh, TSO is in the top fifteen of all time radio play, with you know played on every genre of music station that
2: there is. Oh, no, they play us on Talk Radio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they put everybody know you got a big call on okay. <laughs> so Talk Radio starts playing your music. Like, right, well, we're on to
1: down. <laughs> what is it like to be in such a big production and to help create a body of work and be a part of something that is that big? Uh, to be honest with you,
2: I don't look at the, the, the size and magnitude or scope of it. If I do, I get too caught up in that. So I always try to concentrate on my task at hand, which is either being the music director of the band while we're out on tour or recording stuff in the studio. And every so often, I'll kind of look in the rear of your mirror, figuratively speaking, and see what we've accomplished, and I'll kind of smile. But then I get right back to work. So I, I don't get caught up against it. It's almost like a dynasty football team. You know, like let's say the New England Patriots a bunch of years ago with Tom Brady. I think they won like six or seven Super Bowls. But once you accomplish the one, that doesn't that doesn't mean you're going to do it again the next year. You have to rework and rethink it the entire offseason to crush it again. So when we get off tour on New Year's Day, I'm already with management and the O'Neill family talking about, okay, how do we make this better next year? I don't have that much time to inspire
1: Okay, so with that said, when do rehearsals start? When do you start getting back in with the group of players to start getting ready for the upcoming tour? How does that usually work? At
2: the end of the summer, you know, the guitar players will get together. We'll start going over parts, talking about songs. The singers will do their singing rehearsal in separate locations. Uh, we'll meet down in Tampa, where our recording studio is, our production facility. You know, put some of the ensembles together and see, you know, how, how do we want to treat this song this year? What is does it have set, You know, management, the original family, everybody's involved in, in all the decisions. So then uh, we moved the whole thing to Omaha, Nebraska. I got here about, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And that's when right, all the parts come together. The crew, the department heads, uh, lighting designers, uh, the, the pyro guys, all the mechanicals. And then we run the show like 40, 50 times, twice a day,
1: you know, before we hit the downbeat of opening night because I want it to be a perfect first show. Okay, something that Trans-Siberian Orchestra does that I don't see a lot of uh, groups, artists, however you want to say it, do. I was very impressed, and I and I read the, the stuff that that alan sent over to me and when i was at the concert last year you guys gave fourteen thousand i think seven hundred dollars to a local charity and it was a charity in my hometown uh sheltering wings but since trans-siberian orchestra started a dollar a ticket goes to that charity and it's over 18 million dollars that is that's incredible uh, i mean it's just it is incredible and i I'm gonna just push on pause there
2: for a second. I just want you to understand that that is Paul O'Neill and the O'Neill family. Okay, that's who they are as people. They want to change the world, but they're doing it at a dollar at a time. So when people say the change in your pocket doesn't count, well, it kind of does. It's consistent
1: with it. Well, it does. And that sheltering wings here in this town. I've I've been in things where we've raised funds for them, and it's it's well used. And you know, when I, I watched that and I saw it on stage, I thought, well, that's awesome. That's right. I couldn't get back, Wait to get back to Rotary to tell the people in Rotary how generous this was that I just saw. So. Listen, when I first started recording for Paul, and even before that, when we were buddies, you know, walking around New York City together, getting the nice piece
2: to go up to the train station, wherever we were done, every time I turned around, that brother was reaching in his pocket, and handing somebody in the, a $5 bill, $10 bill, whatever he had. And I would ask him, I said, like, why do you always do that? He goes, because if I can help change their day a little bit, Maybe they got the uh, possibility for better tomorrow. we we'll get them on a the different trajectory that they're on. And that's the same sentiment that he garrants through TSO. We will go on for all, as long as TSO's around, that's what we're going to do. I'm proud to be part of that uh, and to be
1: around people like that. I love it. Absolutely love it. Al, TSO is going to be performing 100 concerts in 60 cities in 45 days. And a lot of those dates have two shows a day. How do you sustain that mentally, physically? I know you're a Les Paul person. That's yep. notoriously known for being a heavy guitar. And these aren't, you know, hour concerts and off. They're, you know, two plus hours. That's a lot of. That's a lot of work. How do you do that? You know, it's a
2: no-brainer, dude. I've been dreaming about this since, like I said, since I seen the Beatles with you and I just talked about. It. You know, when I was a teenager, I, you know, I used to stand out in front of Madison Square Garden try to scout tickets to the National Coliseum to get in and see my heroes. I'm saying well, one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to do this. Well, here we are. And but for about 35 years counting, I've been doing, you know, that on a pretty good level. So I might be tired, I might have the flu, I might, you know, I did a show once with a broken leg. Oh my I god! The roar of the crowd, and that less four comes to life, and I'm 16 all over again, and you know. I stay in good shape all year long. you know. I I try to live a particular lifestyle where, you know, on a moment's notice. It's you know like watching the USC fighter. You know, they don't train just for the six weeks before the fight. They stay in good shape all the time. because you never know what you're gonna have to do or when.
1: Well, I want to go ahead and tell the listeners Trans Siberian Orchestra is going to be performing in Indianapolis at the Game Bridge Field on Sunday, December eleventh. They've got two shows that day, one at three PM and one at seven thirty PM that night. Now, last year I went, I I was a a rookie, I'd never seen it before, I was there to write a review, and I looked over at my girlfriend after about the second song and I said, I don't know, I don't know where to go with this, I've never seen anything like this. So, from your perspective, how do you tell the audience that's that's never been, how do you explain that to them, what they're going to see? Well, musically, I told them that everything is represented. We do works by the great composers, everything from Beethoven to Tchaikovsky to Mozart. And the flip side to that coin is good old-fashioned American rock and roll, R and B, swing, soul. Uh, incredible singers who uh, take almost a theatrical approach to bringing Paul's story to life. Narration, poetry, the biggest rock and roll production on the planet, and just a beautifully written, very Frank Capra esque tale of lost redemption. Man. Okay, with lots of pyrotechnics and with lots of pyro, nothing says Christmas like pyro. A <laughs> snow falling from the sky and guys out on lifts or girls above the audience—it's—it's it's incredible. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. I mean, when it was real, I felt like it was real snow falling on me, and I was. Yeah, I, I go to a lot of concerts, and I was really, really, really impressed. So, oh, i I'm glad, thank you, brother. I, I enjoy them all, but when you when you really do that to me, I I'm like, wow, this exceeds my expectations. So, listen,
2: that's that's my job. I always want to put you back on your heels and then you go, wow, that was incredible
1: than I expected. So listeners, make sure you get out there, buy a ticket. Remember, a dollar of it's going to go to a local charity. Not something far away It's going to stay right in our community. Write it down. You guys have
2: treated us like your own. It's like a big homecoming. So can't wait to get back
1: there to see all of you. we're going to have a great, great, great bunch of shows. Well, Al, I want you to explain to the listeners, okay, this is a big cast. What is it like? What does a musical director do in a role such as yours for a cast this big?
2: So, it's the mean, same thing as a head coach for a football team you know you surround yourself with incredible talent and run them through drills until they execute perfectly and the rest of my job is really simple until something on that stage goes wrong and my job is to make sure the audience never noticed there was a glitch anywhere Yeah. You know? So, okay. it's really simple most of the time and then it's absolute like terror and chaos every single <laughs> you know
1: okay. so, like anything else like a Navy SEAL team runs drills a thousand times you know
2: Professionals, it, practice, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. Okay. You know i
1: Yes, I do. Well,
2: so there you have it. well, I'm
1: very curious, how many people, I mean, this is a, a two-sided question, so how many performers are there in a show?
2: I think there's uh, 17 or 18 of us, plus the script section, so probably 25 a day to get the time on stage.
1: Okay. Now, when you roll into town with your semis and your tour buses, how many people are in your production, you know, including the pyro guys and the light guys, the sound guys and the roadies and bus drivers and truck drivers, and do you have somebody cooking your food? Uh, we have 100 people on the crew. Okay. Like you said, bus
2: driver, and then the bus drivers and truck trucks, we have our own catering accountants, managers, uh, department heads. it's grown up, you know, over 25 years, you know, it's like any other business, you start small, and then you, you expand, and you keep feeding into it, and then, you know, here we are, all these years later.
1: Al, thanks for being my guest here on Sights and Sounds, I appreciate it so much, thanks for taking the time out of your day. My pleasure, brother, it was a pleasure, and I enjoy, thank you for the time,
0: And now Alan introduces his second guest on this special edition of Sights and Sounds. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger, sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at SightsAndSoundsPromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, HawkeyeStorageUnits.com.